Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Let's go, let's go. It is finally here, the very first episode of the Banner Banter Podcast. It is Monday, August 6th, 2018. This is such an incredible moment for me. Um, It's been about a month in the making, and I am ecstatic that uh, I can now say I am a host of a Celtics podcast. So thank you so, so much for tuning in. Jason Tatum agreeing to a five-year max extension that's worth $195 million if Tatum makes All-NBA this season. Now, this is all based on the projected cap. The deal was expected, but considering how Boston has lost some big free agents recently, Jackie, what does this extension signal to Celtics fans coupled with Gordon Hayward's departure? Well, I can tell you it's been a very rugged few days for Celtics fans, and I think what this signals, Rachel, is there was a little buzz after Gordon Hayward left and the Celtics got nothing. Remember now, the third player in the last two seasons to walk, Kyrie Irving before him and Al Horford before him as well. And I think there was some buzz around the league. Do people not want to play in Boston? I think Jason Tatum is saying, you pay me the max? I'll be very happy to play here and I'll be your cornerstone. And so there's a sigh of relief here in Boston because he's the most important player. This was a no-brainer for the Celtics to try to get this done. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum. I don't want to overreact to a rookie, but sit back, strap on your seatbelt. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Tatum is 21 years old. My God, is he coming. Tatum drives down and throws it down! Wow! Tatum drives George right there. Tatum gets a wide open look and knocks it down! Jason Tatum ties the game! Kyrie takes the rebound away. Tatum got it! What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode number 100. Episode number 100. Episode number, it's all about the Benjamins, baby. Holy freaking guacamole. It's episode number 100 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? I hope you and your family had a very fun, yet safe, 
Thanksgiving Day and Thanksgiving weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBanterPodcast. And you can also find me on everything that is attached to Big Night Media that has dozens and dozens of great podcasts like Where's the Plan, Eat the Damn Cake, Those Girls You Know, Burnt Toast, soon to be the Marky P Show, etc., etc. And pretty soon, BigNightShop.com. You'll be seeing some Banner Banter podcast merchandise, some hoodies, some hats, some t-shirts, some long sleeves, some jackets, and who knows, maybe even a pillowcase so you can cuddle with me at night. So just keep an eye out for it. I'll obviously keep you posted on Banner Banter podcast on Facebook and Instagram and Banner Banter 18 on the Twitter machine as well. And then finally, just one more thing before we start talking about the Boston Celtics, bignight.com. Buy a gift card, get one free, help the restaurant and hospitality industry during these dark COVID times. You buy a gift card, you get one free. Bignight.com. Go to it, do it. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Okay, great. So episode 100, Banner Banter Podcast. Can't believe we're here. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Got a lot of things to talk about. Training camp technically starts tomorrow, December 1st. Uh, We'll talk about Aaron Naismith, Peyton Pritchard, Taco, Tremont Waters. But we're going to start off with Jason Tatum. Of course, I record, I post, and then next thing you know, after I posted episode 99, Jason Tatum re-signs his five-year, $195 million contract extension. And this is how the contract is going to work out. Because a lot of people actually think the contract starts this upcoming season, but it doesn't. You have to remember that he still has one year left on his rookie deal, and then the new contract Oops, excuse me, I just had a burp, kicks in. Shout out to John Curley. He loves when I burp during the podcast. So uh, this upcoming season, he's going to be making $9.8 million, which I think we can all agree is a big underpay for Jason Tatum. Then we go into his five-year deal with the fifth year being a player option. His his projected salary will be as follows. $33.7 million in year one. Year two will be about $36.4. Year three will be 39.1. Year four will be almost 42 million. And then year five, if he does accept his player option, you know, like Gordon Hayward had a player option and he decided to leave. So if Jason Tatum opts in, he will make $44.5 million. Now, we mentioned Gordon Hayward. There is still some rumors going around. It is still not official yet that he is a member of the Charlotte Hornets because the Celtics and the Hornets are trying to work out a three-team deal so the Hornets don't have to stretch out Nicholas Batum's contract because they would basically be paying Nicholas Batum and Gordon Hayward about $39 million next year, which is laugh-out-loud city. Like, that is hilarious and embarrassing, etc., etc. So... In a perfect world, Danny Ainge can get a $27.5 million trade exception. He will have one calendar year to use it, folks. So if it happens on December 1st, which would be tomorrow, since you're listening on Monday, thanks so much for listening, he has until December 1st, 2021, to use that trade exception. So a lot of things could happen. He could use it to, you know, during the, I know the all-star break isn't happening this year, but when the players do get a little bit of a break, uh, he could use it during that time to help improve the team, or he could use it over the next off season if he wanted to as well. So obviously the big worry is, will Jason Tatum leave after his fourth year of the deal? And to be honest with you, I don't know. He will obviously opt out because that's when you get the big money in the NBA. So you start on your rookie deal, you can get a little bit of a max extension. And if Jason Tatum makes all NBA again, he'll even make more money. But 
usually when you're 26 or 27 years old, that's when the big money comes in. That's when, you know, like Chris Paul right now is making like $40 million a year at the age of 35. That's ridiculous. I Chris Paul might even be younger than that or older, but I know he's somewhere in his mid-30s. That's where the big money is. So I just need Celtics fans to remember, just in case I stop doing this podcast many, many moons from now, in 2025, we will have Jason Tatum on this basketball team. And then once that 2025 season ends then we can start getting a little bit nervous. So we have Jason Tatum for the next five years, at least, hopefully for six years. But don't be upset if he opts out because all that means is the Celtics will probably pay him more money because if things do get back to normal and if the NBA starts making a bunch of money again, the CBA is going to go up, all their contracts are going to go up, and if Jason Tatum has an opportunity to make $55 million a year, I think you and I would both opt out of that as long as he can stay with the Boston Celtics because, remember, the Boston Celtics will be able to offer him more money than anyone else. So also keep that in mind. And now, the other thing that's also nice to keep in mind, even though I don't believe it just because of everything that Kyrie did to us, you know, Kyrie did say, if you would have me back, I would love to resign here. And I don't think a lot of Celtics fans wanted him to come back, and maybe that's why he left. I think he was going to leave either way, but I was really hopeful that he would stay. But whatever, we're not talking about Kyrie. Even though I did put Kyrie in the intro, and I'm sorry if the intro was a little too loud. I just got so jazzed up about episode 100, I just wanted to bring the energy. So for the older crowd that's listening, like my mother, thank you for all your support. I love you very, very much. I'm sorry if that would hurt your ears a little bit. I know your ears are a little bit sensitive, so I apologize about that. But Jason Tatum's mother, it was great to hear her talk about how she knows that Jason Tatum wants his numbers or his number, the number zero, to go up to the rafters and play his entire career with the Celtics and win a championship with the Celtics. And that's great to hear because I've never met Jason Tatum's mother, but she just looks like a nice woman that wouldn't lie to us. So hopefully that's the case. Jason Tatum said some very nice things, not only about Jalen Brown, but about the Boston Celtics organization. So I really think that we can not only watch Jason Tatum grow up here, but we can watch Deuce grow up here as well, his son, because Deuce is the best. I think we can all agree on that. Now, am I against this extension? No. And, and if anyone is, you're an idiot. Plain English, you're dumb. Like, no one, <laughs> you cannot be upset with Jason Tatum. Now, I'm, because I'm a Duke Blue Devil fan, a.k.a. a Dukie, I'm thrilled that I get to watch Jason Tatum be on my team for another five, six years. Like, I'm pumped. I've been watching Tatum since day one, November of, what, 2016 when he was with Duke? Or was that 17? 17, 18, yeah, 2016, the fall of 2016, I think, was Jason Tatum's first year with Duke and his only year with Duke. So I've been watching Tatum for a long time and I'm glad we get to see him in a Celtics uniform for a long, long time because I really think he can take another leap. He's gotten better and better every single year. And I don't want, I don't think he's a top 10 player right now. Now I understand around the all-star break and in the bubble, he played like a top 10 player, but I want to see it more. You know, there were some times I think we were all frustrated with Jason Tatum and the way that he played um, and the way that he didn't really show up in some of those late fourth quarter games in the playoffs. But He's still young. <laughs> He's still young. He's still 19 in my book, if you ask me. But whatever the case may be, Jason Tatum is going to get better. And the only way you win championships in this league is if you have the league's best players. And if Jason Tatum takes another leap, the Boston Celtics will easily have one of the league's best players. So let us pray now that Jason Tatum is a Celtic for life. But for right now, we got him for at least minimal another 
handful of years, five full years. So we're ready to go. All right, now some other contract news for the Boston Celtics that we got to talk about. Taco Fall and Tremont Waters, they both signed two-way deals with the Celtics, which means they can play up in Maine and down with the Celtics. Now, I think that's a little important because with the season and COVID coming around, so let's say like Grant Williams gets COVID and then the Time Lord gets COVID, they can call Taco to come down. Now, usually there are restrictions on how many games you can actually come down to, and I would be interested to see if the NBA expands that those games um, for those players on the two-way contracts with COVID and everything else that's going on in the world. But I know a lot of people like Tremont Waters. I like Tremont Waters too. I think he's just a little too small, but he's a very good point guard. He knows how to run Brad Stevens' offense. I'm not saying he's getting a lot of playing time in any way, shape, or form, especially with the draft pick of Peyton Pritchard and the fact that Jeff Teague's coming uh, to the Celtics as well. So I, I think Tremont down the road could be a really nice, you know, veteran backup guy in three four years but for right now he'll be up in Maine and hopefully you know he won rookie of the year last year uh in the G League for the Maine Red Claws and hopefully he can do that again and we all know my feelings on Taco I love Taco I think he's great it's really cool but he's just I I just don't see him being this like big dominant force in the NBA like he was at UCF when he was playing NCAA hoops I I just don't see it but I love Taco I love Taco so uh, what else do we got to talk about before we get into my five storylines heading into training camp? What was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Aaron Neesmith and Peyton Pritchard picked their numbers for the upcoming season. Aaron Neesmith will be wearing number 26. Some some players that wore that number back in the day, Lester Hudson, to, uh, Toby Kimball, Kermit Washington. I almost just did my Kermit the Frog impression, but I didn't want to embarrass myself even more. Uh, and then Phil Pressey. I mean, how can you not from – I mean, Phil Pressey. I mean, one of the most iconic, pointless draft picks of Danny Ainge's tenor. Uh, and then Peyton Pritchard will be wearing number 11, which absolutely makes me want to poop my pants. It terrifies me. I mean, Marcus Banks, Glenn Davis. And speaking about Glenn Davis, big baby. Do you guys remember in 2010 when the Celtics were in the uh, when they were in the NBA Finals against the Lakers and the, the big thing was Shrek and Donkey, Glenn Davis, and Nate Robinson? Did anyone see Nate Robinson get knocked the fuck out uh, against what was it Jake Paul Logan Paul one of the Paul boys from YouTube he got knocked out and I'll be honest with you I smiled a little bit because I didn't like Nate Robinson when he was here I didn't and we all know that I didn't like Glenn Davis either but some other guys Courtney Lee Whew. remember remember when Courtney Lee was on this team uh, when the Celtics really started to spiral and they became real bad those were some dark dark years and then evan turner i think everyone loved evan turner even though he sounded like meatwad from uh, aqua teen hunger force and then Kyrie, and then ennis Cantor. so the number 11 kind of scares me because those people are all over the place i mean marcus banks sheesh glenn you know big baby glenn davis he's not having a great post nba career courtney lee you know whatever evan turner no complaints about him Kyrie, i know everyone hates Kyrie, and then i think everyone enjoyed ennis Cantor, especially Cantor banter so yeah so aaron neesmith will be 26 peyton pritchard will be number 11 for the upcoming season so uh the main part of the podcast today is going to be my five storylines heading into training camp like the five things that i'm really looking at and focusing on and hopefully we'll get some good reporting from all the great Celtics beat writers whether it's you know the athletic or mass live or the boston globe whatever the case may be so let's break down training camp first training camp is going to start tomorrow december 1st like i mentioned and the first preseason games they are they announced the schedule it was supposed to be the 9th or the 10th 
it was going to start, but now it's like the 12th. And the Celtics will have two preseason games on December 15th and December 18th. On December 15th, they're going to go down to Philadelphia to play the Philadelphia 76ers. And then December 18th, they're playing at TD Garden against the Nets. Now, I am sure there will be other lunatics like myself that will probably just go down to the garden area and sit at a bar, social distance, wear a mask, and watch the game and hopefully boo Kyrie Irving. I know some people will, and hopefully he'll hear it because I'm sure he'll have no problem playing at the Garden with no with no Celtics fans there. So bravo, Kyrie. But like most Celtics fans, we're Irish. We have an Irish memory, and we never forget. Anyways, so this is how training camp is going to work out to, to start for a little bit. Now, the was it yesterday or two days ago? whatever day you like over the weekend that's basically what i should have said over the weekend the nba released this 139 page rule book on all the covid stuff because there's not going to be a bubble this year they're going to be traveling to different cities you know you can't you you can't go into the gift shop you can't use the pool when you're at a hotel if you're on the road like none of that stuff like they're being super strict about it unless the hotel like blocks off the pool for other people staying in the at the hotel and it's just for the players like that's the only way you can use it so basically starting uh tomorrow there will be only four players allowed until the fifth so it'll be four players and the staff until the fifth and then the sixth they can have no more than 50 people in their training facility now i don't know if any of you have been to the Arback center in brighton it's ginormous, more, much more than 50 people can fit in there. So you figure all the players, all the unsigned free agents or rookie draft picks, whatever the case may be, you figure there could be about 20, maybe 22 players in there, and then they can only have about another maybe, let's say, 25 or so uh, staff in there. That includes the cooks, uh, the, the doctors, like the whole nine. So anyone that's, a, you know, the, the social media people, uh, the, the news reporters, so... It'll be very interesting to see how that all plays out. Opening night for the NBA season will be on December 2nd, and they are playing a 72-game schedule. Usually they play 82 games. Yeah, they play 82 games, 41 away, 41 at home. So now I think it's going to be 36 and 36. So that's that. Now, when does the NBA regular season schedule comes out? Who knows? Whenever it does, as always, I'll give you a full breakdown of that. Now, storyline number one for me. I got five storylines going into training camp, and then we'll end it with a with some episode 100 fun. So, I know I say so a lot, and that just means I'm getting to my next point. I'm just looking at my notes here. I'm just getting to my next point. So, haha. Storyline number one for me is Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker and his bubble experience has haunted me since it's ended. It really has. Uh, will his knee be 100%? Can it ever be 100% again? I don't know, and that freaks me out because he's a very, very important part because if you have Jalen Brown, you have Jason Tatum, you have Kemba Walker, you could argue that is a big three since a lot of, you know, that's the focus of the NBA now. Get three players, hopefully it works out, except for, you know, the Lakers where they just have LeBron and Anthony Davis, which is basically like the big six because they each represent three players because that's how good they are. So... Kemba is making $34 million this year, and he's making $36 million next year. That's a good chunk of change. He's only here for two more years, give or take. This is a this year is, I think, more important than any other year because if Kemba's knee isn't going to work out, that's bad news because then good luck trying to trade a $36 million contract you know, and, and just saying that Marcus Smart is your point guard of the, of the future, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Now, I understand last year he, he dropped, what, 20-5, and five, shot 38% from three, and that's cute, adorable, 
congratulations. But there are reports out, there are some rumors going around that Kemba Walker will not be ready for training camp. What? The guy literally had from about, what, February, the end of February to the beginning of August off. And they slowly brought him back into the mix. Do, do we all remember that? Like into the bubble. Like he had, he was on a minute restriction and now he has another two months off and he's still not ready. Like that's not good. Like at all. It, it's really not. I mean to have six months off and to come back and drop 13 and four, you can't have that from your all-star point guard. You, you can't have him have one assist less and seven points less. That's not going to help. I understand if you look at like the top 10 most points in a game scored last year by any member of the Celtics. I think Kemba was in four out of the top 10, including the number one spot. Like it was a ludicrous song. Now, if that was the case and you lose that, then that jump by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown better be a real one. It really do because he came back and dropped Kemba coming back and not dropping 20 and five, at least coming back on this new season is going to be tough. It really is. Now for the playoffs, obviously he got his legs under him. I felt a little bit better so you can understand like why they did the minute restriction, et cetera, et cetera. And he dropped 19 and five. But we also have to remember that he also shot 31% from three, which is absolute vomit city. Kemba has to give us what he did before January. Now, you, you have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown. I think Kemba now knows that he is not the number one scoring option. And I really think he has to adjust his game to get that. The three of those guys can work together, and they can be better. Last year was only the first year, which is completely understandable. But now that they know how to play with each other, now that we know Tatum's number one, Jalen's number two, or Kemba's number two, whatever the case may be, Kemba just needs to realize that right now this is Jason Tatum's team, and he's along for the ride. But Kemba Walker's knee needs to be healthy. Kemba Walker's knee has to be treated properly because if Kemba Walker goes down, whether Tatum takes that leap or not, it's going to be tough for the Celtics to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I know that he was not great for a little bit, and they won a really tough series against the Raptors without Kemba performing that well. And we can all argue that one of the reasons why they lost the Heat series, one of the many reasons, is because Kemba Walker wasn't 100%. He didn't perform that great. So my number one storyline going into training camp is the knee of Kemba Walker. Storyline number two is Marcus Smart. We love him, right? We also hate him at time. He's everything that is Celtics pride. But I think his ego got in the way last year. Jacking up 22 shots a game. Oh, my God. That makes me feel so uncomfortable. Like, i sure it may work at time, but it, it's kind of like the Papa Roach song. It should be the last resort. It, it really should. He has to accept the fact that he is the fourth scoring option. Now, if you find out that Jason Tatum's starting the game 1-10 and Kemba Walker's knees hurt and Jalen Brown is in foul trouble, sure, Marcus, go ahead, do your damn thing. Pitter-patter, let's get at her. Like, just shoot it up and let us pray. It, but Marcus Smart, the defender, Marcus Smart, the facilitator, is more important than Marcus Smart, the scorer. If you're open, fine. But I don't need Marcus Smart bringing up the ball and then jacking up a three at the top of the three-point line five seconds into the shot clock. Nope, 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 nope. So I'm focused on Marcus Smart and his ego going in to this upcoming season because I think his ego did get in the way a little bit. And I understand he's been with the Celtics longer than anyone else has. And he has every right to be the leader in that locker room and be very vocal. And I respect that. Tip of the cap to you. But we love you because of what you do defensively, what you do on offense. Be 
And what I mean by what you do on offense is you make the team better. But you don't make the team better by jacking up 22 shots and taking more shots than Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum or Kemba Walker. That's just not it. So can Marcus Smart see a couple three-pointers go in and not think that he's Jesus Christ? That's, that's the hope. That's the plan here. So fingers crossed there. Storyline number three, and most people are probably saying it should be storyline number, number one, and that's fair, is the bench scoring. So, which then brings me to my next, which brings me to my last point about Marcus Smart. Should the Celtics start Aaron Neesmith this year instead of Marcus Smart? I think that's a serious and legit question to ask. Now, remember, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So, if Aaron Neesmith starts but doesn't finish the game, I'm okay with that. But would the Celtics be better off if Aaron Neesmith, once he gets a feel for the game, I'm not saying, oops, excuse me. I'm not saying on December 22nd, if that's when the Celtics do open up their season, or the 23rd, or the 24th, or the 25th. I'm not saying Aaron Neesmith should start because he's only going to have two preseason games, literally only probably less than a month of training camp, and no summer league. So he's going to have to adjust. So I'm not saying Marcus Smart should start on the bench. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form. I just think down the road, if Aaron Neesmith is actually worth the 14th draft pick, unlike Romeo Langford, then the Celtics should think about starting him because if you can have Jeff Teague, NBA veteran, Tristan Thompson, NBA veteran, Marcus Smart, NBA veteran, come off the bench, (laughs) I love that because then those three guys can play with Tatum or Grant Williams or, you know, can play with Brown or Kemba, like, I'm not saying those are the lineups that need to be done. All I'm saying is those guys can adjust easier. I think it would be easier for Neesmith to adjust playing with Kemba, Tatum, Brown, and Tice than it would be Teague and Thompson trying to get on the same level with uh, Tatum and Brown and Kemba and Marcus Smart. So I, I think to have the energy of Tristan Thompson, because he's an energy guy, and then to have the energy of Marcus Smart come off the bench, especially in the playoffs, and then have some Smart or Thompson finish, I think that'd be great because I want Tristan Thompson to come off the bench because like I mentioned in episode 99 I want Daniel Tice to start I think Tice and Kemba and Tice and JT and Tice and JB they all have a good thing going and I want Daniel Tice to be the starter on this team now there could be some games where it doesn't work out Bam out of bio put Tice on him I'm not saying Tice is going to stop him I'm not saying he's even going to be able to control him but I don't want Tristan Thompson out there because Tristan Thompson can't defend someone like Bam Adebayo, but Joel Embiid comes around. Sure, I'd rather have Tristan Thompson out there versus uh, Daniel Tice. I think we can we can all agree with that. So right now, your guards are Kemba, Marcus Smart, Jeff Teague, and Peyton Pritchard. Your wings are Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, Shemi Ojale, and Grant Williams. Then your big men are Thompson, Tristan Thompson, Daniel Tice, and the Time Lord. Don't forget about the Time Lord. And I understand that this is going to be a weird weird thing for all rookies with no summer league but I really think that if everyone is so high on this Neesmith kid and he can actually be that sharpshooter that not only everyone thinks he is but the one that he also states that he is after he got drafted stating that he was a sharpshooter and you can open up the floor for Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker and Jalen Brown let's do it let's do it and we we noticed a lot last year that Jason Tatum will play like the entire first quarter and he'll play with the second unit, you know, with three or four minutes left to go in the first quarter. And so I think a, a lineup of, you know, like I said, of Tatum, Teague, Smart, Grant Williams, and Tristan Thompson, 
that ain't bad. It's really not. But the Celtics bench scoring has to be better. If you look at the three losses against the the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, the bench scoring just sucked. You know, game one, they played five guys, 18 points. Game two, they played five guys, 16 points. Game four, they played five guys again off the bench, 18 points. Game six, five guys again, 17 points. Not each, total. So literally like game six, when the Celtics lost that series, five guys came off the bench and they averaged a splash over three points each. Games four and game six were, wait, game four and game six, Hayward was back in those games and he dropped 14 and 12. So to put that in perspective, Gordon Hayward dropped 12 out of the 17 points. Okay, think about that. 12 out of the 17 points. So the other four guys scored a total of five points. That's one point each. Now, am I expecting the Celtics to drop like, I don't know, the the Celtics bench to drop 40 points a night? No, of course not. Um, Absolutely not. No, I'm not. But the Celtics had the second worst scoring bench last season, 26.5 points a game. The Clippers and the Wizards led the league with 48 points. But if you can give me 35, 36 points and jump 10 spots and be in the middle of the field, I'll, I'll take that. I would love that. I need that. I want that. I thrive for that. I fiend for that. That would be absolutely fantastic if the Celtics can go from 26.5 points a game off the bench to now 36 or 37 points off the bench. That'd be crazy. Can you imagine if the Celtics scored maybe 29 points off the bench in game six versus only 17? Wouldn't that be lovely? I mean, T can score, Smart can score, Thompson can score, If or if... Smart does start. Me, hopefully, Neesmith can score. Grant Williams, I'm sure he's going to improve. I'm not saying I need Grant Williams three pointers because that bleh, that gives me a headache and makes me feel uncomfortable and gives me the heebie-jeebies. Hopefully, he's a better Shemi Ojale because I think we're all better than Shemi Ojale. You know, will Grant Williams jump shot improve? Will Shemi's jump shot improve? Will the Time Lords jumper improve? Because there were times during the bubble where the Time Lord was trying to do his best Kevin Garnett impression and take jump shots from the elbow. Some of them look smooth. other than Some other ones did not look that great. And so that was very weird. So, so far, number one, Kemba Walker's knee. Number two, Marcus Smart's ego. Number three, the bench scoring. And storyline number four for me is Brad Stevens. Once again, Brad Stevens has a newish type roster. There's been so many players in and out of the Celtics organization when Brad Stevens joined this team. And I really think this is a big year for Brad Stevens as a coach because the East is very tough now. You know, the Nets will, should have a very healthy Kevin Durant. We'll see how he comes back from that Achilles injury. A healthy Kyrie Irving. The 76ers got better overall. They got some shooters. You know, they got Steph Curry's little brother, Seth, uh, who's a Duke player. Uh, they now have Doc Rivers as their coach. The Bucks have improved with Drew Holiday. The Heat got Avery Bradley, so they, you know, they lost Jay Crowder, but they got a hell of a defender with Avery Bradley. The Hark, uh, the Hawks, the Hawks aren't going to be an easy win anymore with all their new additions with Gallinari and Rondo. Uh, John Collins is going to be good. They got you know that uh, Okunu kid from USC in the draft. John Wall is going to be coming back to help the Wizards. You know. He's been out for such a long time, it feels like. So the East isn't going to be easy, but Brad Stevens needs to change things up a bit. Now, I don't know what he needs to change exactly. I know he loves his analytics, and people can argue that analytics is why baseball is ruined these days, and I and I hope that Brad Stevens' coaching days aren't ruined because of analytics. But I don't want to say Brad Stevens like, isn't on the hot seat. I don't think he is. 
because he got that extension. But I feel like, you know, Brad Stevens, it's 25 degrees outside and he just put on his seat warmer, you know, in his car. I feel like he should feel a little, you know, a little heat on that seat. I'm not saying a lot, but Brad just has to find ways to make his team better when they're struggling. He really does. And not by like cute motivational quotes, you know, like stick together and we can do this. Like, no, none of that stuff by actually making good adjustments, calling those timeouts when they're needed, maybe taking someone out of the lineup earlier than he thought he would, or keeping a lineup out there that's too long. He's one of the best coaches in the NBA. He really is. You can't name probably eight, seven or eight better coaches than him. You, you, I mean, you know, you got Greg Popovich, you could argue about Doc, you Quinn Snyder, you can go on and on, you know, Billy Donovan's a great coach, uh, Rick Carlisle, you know, the, I'm sure I miss, I mean, you have to say Frank Vogel, he walked into the Lakers and won and LeBron praised him. So I feel like he's got to be a good coach, but it, Brad Stevens is a very good coach, a very well-respected coach, but I feel like this season with how tough the East has gotten, he really and truly has to has to prove that. And the other thing that we have to do is, you know, if you're if you're a Patriots fan, the Patriots just got fined three hundred fifty thousand dollars because they didn't follow NFL COVID pro- protocols. And you say to yourself, you think Bill Belichick would be so anal in the way that you know the Patriots' way isn't fun, and the fact that they even got fined is just crazy. And, and Brad Stevens is going to have to adjust to the fact that players might get COVID this year. And they may be out for 10 or 12 days based on how many negative tests they are, whether they're asymptomatic, whatever the case may be. And he's going to have to change lineups on the fly. And he's going to have to make them work. And he's not going to have a lot of time to see a lot of these lineups works, you know, with only about a month, only two preseason games and then about a month of training camp, give or take. So this is going to take some time. We're going to have to be patient with Brad Stevens. And I have faith in Brad. And you should too. But if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals again, and if they lose again, especially the way that they did, you know, against the Cavs a few years ago, against... uh not when they got swept, but, you know, when they lost in seven games or the way that they lost to the Heat. I mean, there will not, uh, there will be some blame towards the players, but it will be more focused on Brad Stevens. I think the players were to blame in the bubble, but not anymore. I mean, it's it's going to be, you know, a 50-50 type thing, if not, you know, a 60-40 type thing. It really is. So I think Brad Stevens, how he adjusts to the COVID protocols, how he's going to adjust if, you know, Jalen Brown's out for two weeks, what is he going to do? Marcus Smart is sick, you know, all these changes. He's not going to have a very easy year, but he needs to have a great year for the Celtics to succeed. So keep an eye out on Brad Stevens as well. And then finally, story storyline number five, call me basic, call me boring, but it's important. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, can they make another big leap? Tatum, of course, made an insane leap last year to get 13 All-NBA, which is why he got that ridiculous contract extension. Because if you look at Donovan Mitchell's, if you look at De'Aaron Fox's, if you look at Bam Adebayo's, Tatum obviously got more money because he did make that third-team All-NBA, and he'd get even more money if he makes another All-NBA team. I mean, Jalen Brown averaged 20 points a game for the first time in his career. Jalen Brown, oh, excuse me again, just perped again. I don't know what is wrong with me. My apologies. Uh, but Jalen Brown, can he be an All-Star? Is Jalen Brown an All-Star player? I think a lot of Celtics fans would say, yes, he is. But the East is stacked, especially at that position that he plays, that that wing, you know, that shooting guard, three, small forward position. You know, Can Jalen Brown be an All-Star? J- Jalen Brown has to know and has to be okay with being the number two guy, and he has to make the best of it. He will get his shots, 
And if he can stop getting into foul trouble, I'm telling you, he really can make an all-star team. Because I think foul trouble a lot has affected Jalen. And I understand there's been some probably shitty calls toward, you know, going his way, but not as bad as Daniel Tice. I mean, Daniel Tice can literally tie his sneakers and get called for a foul these days. It's crazy. But Jalen Brown just has to realize that this is Jason Tatum's team, but Jason Tatum loves playing with Jalen Brown. And the two of those guys can really just be on the same page. And I understand Jalen Brown is like the smartest human being of all time, and I get that. He's a very smart kid. We're very lucky to have him on the Boston Celtics. But he just has to be smart enough to know that, like, when the game's on the line, <laughs> you got to give the ball to Jason Tatum. And I understand, you know, last year, what was it, the Rockets game where he hit that insane shot to bring it in overtime to tie the game against the Rockets. That was that was cool. And, you know, he might have a clutch gene in him, but he's the number two on this team. He really is. And then, and then the same thing goes for Jason Tatum. I mean, can Jason Tatum take that leap too? Can he be a top 10 player in this league? Will this contract change him? Because sometimes contract changes players. They, it really does. They just don't give a crap anymore. Can Jason Tatum be a different breed and care and be like, only 195 mil? Please. I need 300 million. And just absolutely change his entire life over these next five years where he gets hopefully one of the biggest contracts in NBA history. Now, I don't think Jason Tatum is going to be like that. I really don't. I think he, I think he is a, a different breed. But the Celtics have to hope for all-star break Jason Tatum. Like, when he was playing those clips, I mean, there was, what, one point last year where he was averaging, what, what was it, like 35 points a game? I'm not asking Jason Tatum to drop 35 points a game. I mean, if he wants to do that, I'm not upset about it in any way, shape, or form. I'm here for it. But Jason Tatum has to drop 25 and 10. He really and truly does, consistently, even if it's 27, 28, and 10. But he has to get a double-double every night for the Celtics because I thought that was one of the really good things about Jason Tatum last year. I thought his rebounding really improved. I thought he went after the basketball, and I just hope that contract just doesn't change him. I don't think it will. So, yeah, so those are my five storylines heading into training camp, which starts technically tomorrow. It's only going to be four players, and then the following week there will be the entire squad there. So, but though it, that's that's it. Those are my five storylines. Can Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum take that next uh, next step? Can Brad Stevens really adjust to all these COVID protocols and really be the the good coach that everyone thinks and knows that he is? What's the bench scoring going to look like? The ego of Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker's knee. So those are my five storylines going into training camp. And before we sign off here, um, episode one hundred. Um, Probably going to get emotional, but um, I, <clears throat> for my family and friends that know, I battled depression. I've, I have ever since I lost my father. And uh, doing this podcast makes me so happy. It really does. It means the Celtics are like, outside of family, the Celtics are like the most important thing to me like in the world. So the fact that there are people right now in their car or walking around and I'm in their ears talking about something that I love so much just means so much to me. And I can't believe I've done a hundred episodes of these things. I can't wait to do on another hundred more. And whether you've, you know, been a part of uh, banner banter investigations from season one, we now interrupt this podcast to bring you a very special banner banter investigation Celtics unit report. Or, you know, every single week when I do stud and dud of the week. And now, it is time 
for the Celtics stud. And the Celtics dud of the week. Uh, I just want to say thank you for listening. Even if I don't know you, like, I love you. Like, thank you for listening. This is uh, this is my happy place, and uh, I'm really excited to take this podcast to the next level with Big Night Media, get some merchandise out, and uh, really get this thing cooking. And, uh, I mean, I really just want to be back at TD Garden in Section 315, Row 15, Seats 6 and 7. I mean, that's really what I want. But if I have this podcast, it will do. So thank you so much for listening, as always. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBancher18 or on Facebook and Instagram uh, at Banner Banter Podcast. And, uh, you know, today is actually my grandfather's. I've never actually met him before, but today is, uh, my grandfather's 100th birthday. He passed away, uh, before I was born. So I just want to say happy birthday to my grandfather's, uh, Sim, Simeon Cool. Happy birthday to you, my friend. Um, I hope you're, uh, watching or listening to the podcast with my dad. And, um, yeah, we'll talk soon. I'm going to get going. <laughs> But uh, we'll talk to you guys next week, next Monday, for episode 101, <laughs> episode 101 on the Banner Bench Podcast. Thank you all again so much for, li- uh, for listening. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Please wear a mask. Please, please, please practice all those protocols that the CDC is saying so we can get life back to normal, so I can get back to work, so the Boston Celtics can have fans in their arena, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.